Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Hey everybody, we're back with Weekly Jump episodes. So... Yay! Yay! man it's our first weekly jump of the 22s and it, <clears throat> i don't boy, know about you spencer but i'm feeling 22 yeah uh the the oh. only problem is that we the first thing that we had to read was fucking Yu-Gi-Oh gx <laughs> yeah you know the 22 giveth and the 22 take of the way <laughs> man i just i like i don't know if i've ever enjoyed a Yu-Gi-Oh manga or anime um Except for maybe like when I was younger and originally did it, um, but I I will say yeah. this: I I watched some Yu Gi Oh GX uh, because I did not remember the the anime being as bad as this manga, but the manga <laughs> is, uh, and I say this in in total honesty: the manga adaptation of Yu Gi Oh GX is vastly inferior to the anime. Um, that's so fascinating so i've never actually seen gx i caught like one or two episodes here and there but my experience with Yu-Gi-Oh as a kid was i i watched all of the series up through near the end of the filler arc that comes after dual city so they like they go to the island and then they have some like shenanigans in between and then there's dual city and that's like the big the big thing. And I think the animation budget gets a little bit better during Dual City and they start introducing a lot more new monsters and, and cards and stuff like that. And I think the show just sort of levels up in quality. That's when the Egyptian guards gods start to be a thing. And so like there's there are interesting stakes and there's this like evil mind control villain and like there's a lot of good stuff happening in Dual City. And then they get to the finals, which takes place on an airship because of course it does. And then they the very last match of the finals is supposed to take place on like a special Island that Kaiba has built and they are en route to the Island. And apparently in the manga, they get there and they have the final battle. And in the anime, they get waylaid into a filler arc that I remember very fondly because it involves some like fun rules changes to the game that made things exciting. And, uh, Right about the time they started doing all that, I started getting busy and not able to catch Yu-Gi-Oh! on TV anymore. And then Yu-Gi-Oh! GX switched to Cartoon Network, which I did not have access to until years later. And so I've only seen like one or two episodes completely scattered around. Um, But I've watched a few of the original Yu-Gi-Oh! episodes uh, in the last couple of years, and they are delightful because they are just so goddamn ridiculous. And it's like they take themselves so seriously that it's hilarious. Um, I I do think that Yu-Gi-Oh! is a perfectly decent game. Uh, as a Magic the Gathering player, I think it's vastly inferior. Um, I'm also aware that Yu-Gi-Oh! the game was designed as an homage to Magic the Gathering and that the rules came after it was designed because of how the creator did not intend for it to be a thing. And then the fan base was like, let us play your game. And then he pivoted his entire story to be about cards. And I think that that sometimes explains the sort of wacky fucking nonsense that you get in the Yu-Gi-Oh universe about the cards, because it was never supposed to be about that. Um, 
And I, I just sort of love all of that stuff and how ridiculous it is. And I'm able to wallow in it in a way that I probably couldn't if it weren't nostalgic. Um, and to that end, I would say I have a certain sort of like aspirational nostalgia towards Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. I never saw it, but I pl- I was playing Yu-Gi-Oh! during the era in which the cards from Yu-Gi-Oh! GX uh, and from the series that came after it were being released. And uh, so the cards are familiar to me, and I always like the idea of seeing cards that I have in real life on the television screen being used by anime characters. I think that's cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know Yu-Gi-Oh! GX at all. And one thing that caught me as really interesting reading these Yu-Gi-Oh! GX chapters is that at the end of each chapter, the author is like giving these little blurbs about how the manga was created to the extent that it reveals that the manga was created after the anime had been out for a while. I know it's really weird. Yeah, that's super weird. And they decided to make like new monster cards for the manga so that it would not feel like a complete retread. Yeah. And so that it would have its own identity and they do that. And then like at the end of the last chapter we read, he mentions that in the show, the character that was like the spotlight of that chapter has a completely different personality and that they sat down and were like, you can take these characters and you can change them entirely. And it's fine. And basically, like, the Yu-Gi-Oh! GX manga's whole point is to use the same character designs and the same setting, but to basically do away with everything else as it decides to, which is completely weird. Yeah. (laughs) I just don't get it. But yeah, I would say I have a very soft spot for Yu-Gi-Oh! As a person who has spent a lot of time playing Magic and who enjoys very deeply the extremely specific wording of magic cards and magic rules and the extremely specific timing of that and who has a sort of innate understanding of the fact that like when someone plays a card that you don't understand you read it so that you know what they're up to and in the universe of Yu-Gi-Oh people just put cards out and are like that's a dinosaur it can't do anything except dinosaur shit and you're like have you never played and so like it's just They do these things that would not happen in a real card game so that it can be a dramatic story and it annoys the card gamer in me, but it excites the dramatic story lover in me so that you get these like ridiculous dramatic turns that's like you thought it was just a dinosaur, but it's also a laser cannon. (laughs) Like, I love that shit because it's just so fucking absurd, even though it beggars belief routinely. My biggest critique of this of this manga is the pace. I think things happen and are dispensed with so quickly in a way that is familiar to anybody who has watched Yu-Gi-Oh. You know that the game progresses and people are playing cards and each card does its own thing and has its own identity and has its own moment. And then the next thing that happens changes that moment somehow. The other player gets a leg up. Or the player that played that thing plays another thing to dig the hole even deeper. Uh, and, and it's just like you you have these quick moments because the card game, the card games on screen would be boring if they were just like, I play this really strong creature. You don't have an answer to the creature. The creature beats you over the course of five turns. And it, like you just don't want to watch a dirtly game of attrition. You don't want to watch an anime about magic where the character loses because they're getting mana flooded. Like it's not interesting it's a story 
And so, like, I understand why they do that, but I think the weird thing for the manga is that it's doing the same thing, but it feels like it's trying to cram so many twists and turns into a single chapter, which, again, manga chapters are not that long compared to episodes, that you're just, like, you you one thing has happened barely on one panel before the next panel subverts it, and you're just, like, you don't have any time to live with anything or to, like, revel in any of the cool twists and turns because you have just been dragged along in this swift pace for so long that you're just like whatever stuff is happening and eventually the game will be over (laughs) yeah also the ends of the matches are so quick that you can't enjoy them Mm -hmm. yeah um i think i think that the show the show uh itself lends itself to like okay here's here's how i sort of read it from like the manga perspective versus the anime perspective the anime is all about the battle sequence that they are doing with this card game that is uh holographically shown in front of them and you get to see these moments and it's built up basically just to watch this these sequences the manga seeing the monsters in a in a real environment yeah and the traps interacting with them and stuff yeah the manga feels a lot more like you're watching uh, the story of people that play card games. And they're yeah. all wearing, basically, they're not wearing capes, but they should basically be wearing capes. Um, they uh-huh. they are wearing ridiculous LARPing suits of LARPers that are Yu-Gi-Oh players um, for no reason. Like, they wear these clothes that do not look comfortable for no reason. Um, other than they're in Battle Academy, so that's how they have to dress up. Uh, there's also uh, a straight up a person, I think he's in the anime too, but his name is Chaz Princeton, which is like uh-huh. the, the most asshole, waspy white guy name of all time. Um, <laughs> so I just, I, I have so my, many problems with this. And as somebody who really enjoys when you get a new uh, a new set for Magic coming out, right? And when that new set is coming out, they they usually give you like a, a a new key phrase or a new key word that is going to go on a card, and they need to explain it. It's going to it uh, 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 make the rules of Magic a little bit deeper because it's got a uh-huh. new mechanic that you have to deal with with that set. Yu Gi Oh GX introduces like the fusion thing, I think. Uh, they were doing the fusion thing yeah. inside of Yu-Gi-Oh at the same time. So they decided to make an anime that was like, we're going to teach you about fusion inside of the anime at the same time that you're getting these cards that have fusion. And also look it, at these cool cards that he's playing with. Yeah. yeah, They had fusion from the beginning and it actually appears in the original series, but it is occasional. Like uh, one of Joey's uh, uh, key monsters in the, in the first arc uh in the first card playing arc is a fusion monster like it's been around but this guy's deck is a fusion deck like every the point is to fuse and it's used in a new way that makes it feel new and fresh yeah and Um, so it feels like it's a new mechanic and if you did not spend a lot of times and time inside of card shops like me uh when you were younger um or if you did not spend a lot of time in a card shop you were unlike me because I was always in a card shop. Um, uh, You (laughs) would know that at the same time that this anime was coming out, they were releasing 
packs of Yu-Gi-Oh cards and the packs themselves were based off of the characters. So like the characters yeah. were like you were getting an anime that was directly telling you to buy cards and you would go out and you would buy these theme decks that were um, specifically about these characters. And the other thing that you could also get instead of just a theme deck that had specific cards like Magic does, instead you would get packs that were themed by that character and you knew that that character uh -huh. had a super powerful monster, but you had to buy a shit ton of packs in order to find it. It's a very good marketing ploy, but it doesn't make for the best yeah. anime or manga experience. Um, yeah, because what Magic does is it has keywords, which are different abilities that will appear in and do a specific thing and a lot of the times those abilities will be tied to a certain uh well in magic it has multiple colors and so a lot of the times the abilities will find their way into some of the colors but not others so that it, it feels like it has a sort of like niche identity within the set Yu-Gi-Oh doesn't really have keywords it does have abilities that recur and they use a wall of text to show you those abilities like the the ability that's commonly called piercing in Yu-Gi-Oh is like such a such a long wall of text that it's almost a self-parody because if you play Yu-Gi-Oh for any amount of time you start to recognize that text from the first three words and you're like I know what this does it does piercing uh but the amount of space spent on the card to explain piercing damage is so much it's the same as trample and magic piercing damage is trample and uh <laughs> And they just like they just don't use keywords in the same way. But what Yu-Gi-Oh does differently than Magic is instead of having keywords because they just don't have keywords, they will have like families of cards. And usually those families are represented in the card name. And so the, the main character of GX uses elemental heroes. And so all of his creatures have elemental hero in their name and his spells and traps refer to elemental heroes by name. Um, and some of them will have like a creature type. Like I know there's what the warrior returning alive or something is a card that, that it's in Jaden's deck. That's about returning a warrior card because all the elemental heroes are warriors. And so, you know, you can have that kind of synergy, but a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh is about this sort of like weirdly granular synergy. And I think it is, if you look at it from a, a step back of somebody who doesn't have I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh! and I played for many, many years. I played for probably 10 years after it came out. But uh, don't don't anymore and haven't since I stopped. Um, I think it's a game that I have, you know, sort of nostalgic fond memories for. But from a design perspective, when you compare it to something like Magic, it's hard to hold up. Because with Magic, it's like, okay, if we want to iterate on what's come before... You know, we had a set like one of the sets that's come out recently is a return to a world that had a lot of werewolves. And when that werewolf set first came out, they introduced a brand new mechanic that was unlike anything that had been seen before in the game that allowed them to do werewolves in this like flavorful and interesting way. And if they want to return to that set, all they got to do is put more cards in that work the same way. All they got to do is have the same werewolf mechanic. If they want to refer to cards from the past, they just got to say werewolf because those were werewolf creatures. They don't have to say, I don't know, the mayor of Avabrook or whatever the guy's name is. Like you don't have to call them out by name and you don't have to have every werewolf card be the werewolf of this place, the werewolf of that place. Um, and in Yu-Gi-Oh, you kind of do because they, they do things differently. 
And it, it lead it led me to this thought process while I was reading these GX chapters of like, okay, I bet that you as a Yu-Gi-Oh player could take these elemental heroes and could take, I don't know, the I think the next guy's cards are junk heroes and they have the word junk in them a lot. And then there's the there's the cyber cards and then there's the like there's just like all these different like tribes whose tribe name appears as part of their card name. And I'm like, I bet you could pull together an almost deck sized amount of cards that do the exact same thing, but with a different tribe name for each card in Yu-Gi-Oh, which is a bit of a weird thing. Anyway, this is a long diatribe side note to say that the genius of these packs is that if you want to buy Jaden's pack, you're getting elemental heroes. If you want to buy Chaz's pack, you're getting his dragon cards. And I don't know what the the girl, she uses some sort of like, I think her cards are cyber cards, if I remember correctly, but I, I'm not sure. So it's like, it has this like sort of annoying design thing where it's like, well, these are really the same card, but you're just having a different family name. And if they had the same family name, it would be the same card. Not that that doesn't happen in magic and it doesn't happen by necessity in some places, but it's so much more restrictive in Yu-Gi-Oh, I feel. Um, or so much more limited. Uh, but it it leads to these amazing marketing material moments where you're just like, yeah, this set introduces this new family of things. And the spell cards that go with them are the exact spell cards you've bought a thousand times, but they don't work on this family. So here you go. Yeah. Anyways, uh, let's talk about the other thing that we watched. Um, and that was a, a manga... Uh, that was also an anime uh, that was very short-lived, and I had never heard of it before. Um, this one was brought to us by one of our uh, people on Discord, I believe that was coming from uh, Wonderlump. Um, and yeah. this one is called The Editen Ed- uh, Deities No Only Peace, and the Japanese uh, version of it is very difficult for me to read. Um, Hyun Side no Idati Tachi. Um, uh, I nailed it. Um, so you did. This one is like a weird mix between like slice of life and fantasy. Um, and I, I, I dug it, but I, I don't know how I felt about it. (laughs) I like, okay. It was one of those things where I was like, I like it but I don't know if I like it a lot um, or if I just like it a normal amount. It is one of those where I'm like, I'm probably going to have to get about five more episodes deeper into it to really know. Um, Yeah. So it's a, it it is a web comic that was just kind of similar to one punch man where the creator just created a web comic and released it. Uh, and just sort of made it at his own pace. And then, uh, it became popular enough that they made an anime or a manga adaptation and then an anime off of that. And the anime is only 11 episodes. It came out, uh, last year. Yeah. Um, so it's really, really recent by um, Mappa. It came out from Mappa's real yeah, good. studio Mappa. Uh, it looks fucking great. It does. It is gorgeous the colors are bright they do some fun like color swap things mm-hmm. sort of similar to jojo's where you know suddenly the blonde kid's hair is being colored in like a light shade of blue because of the i don't know emotional stakes of the scene that he's in and that kind of thing i really like that kind of stuff um it, it looks super good um i don't know why i had never heard of this either when i was googling it i got the impression that it was a slice of life comedy the the concept is 
there were demons in the past, and these deities known as the Idaten appeared to fight the demons and, and defeated them all and sealed them away. Since then, 800 years have passed, the demons have continued to be sealed away, and there has therefore been peace, and the Idaten have not been needed, and now the number of Idaten have dwindled down, and all but one of the Idaten that are around was a is new. So like there's one Idaten that's left that remembers the demons and was there when they were when they were around. And the rest of them have only known peace. They've never faced demons. And so hence the name, the Idaten deities know only peace. And I, for some reason, I, I wasn't I try not to read too much or see too much information about the anime that we're gonna cover that I have never heard of because I want to be surprised. Um but I got the impression from something that my eyes slid over while I was looking at where to where to go to watch this that gave me the idea that this was going to be a slice of life comedy about deities that were bored. And it kind of is. But one, it's not a slice of life in that it's set in modern day Japan and they're going to school or whatever the hell it is set in a sort of you know i mean uh, definitely not like a too far away technological world but it is a it's a world with lots of open verdant spaces and that feels a little bit more magical um and a and a little bit different than our world uh but it it's a comedy that's funny and it's mostly a shonen and i was so fucking pleasantly surprised because i thought it was going to be a straight up comedy slice of life that I was not going to enjoy. And instead it was a like evil conspiracy shonen with some slice of life comedy thrown in. And I, I thought the slice of life comedy was actually kind of funny and I fucking loved this. I loved it so, so much. Yeah. I think the, I think the reason why I'm hesitant about it is, is mostly because I, I really want to get deeper into it. Um, and I don't uh -huh. want it to be a situation where I, I get a, a emotionally invested in this anime. Um, and then it, it gives me only 11 episodes of not really clear, uh, write-offs. So here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because I'm fenced on this, um, I would I, I think I'm going to return back to this and give you an update because uh, I'm probably going to watch the rest of it this week because um, I I just watched it uh, on on Sunday night um, and I, uh -huh. I I I'm very interested and I, I just watched two episodes of it. So I'm. I'm not oh. very, I, I just, Oh, the third episode in. was so good. <laughs> yeah. So I, I dipped my toes in and I'm, I'm interested to see more. Um, so I'm going to circle back to this. Uh, with that being said, um, I yeah. would recommend it so far. Um, I would not recommend Yu-Gi-Oh! GX to read as a manga. Um, maybe if you're feeling nostalgic, re watches an anime instead. Um, but this one, yeah, I'm, I'm, feeling pleasantly optimistic about it um but i i definitely want to circle back around to it yeah i think uh i would say i looked up the tv tropes page for this anime um after i watched those first three episodes and it does look like the anime ends with no ending yeah uh, yeah this is this is exactly the... what i was fucking worried about dude like i yeah i, I don't i don't know if like 
I swear to God, it's 11 episodes right now. And if I get to the end of it and I'm just like, uh, I need to see more. Now I have to wait a year. I'm going to be so fucking pissed. Um, and uh, well, uh, it's my understanding that they end in no small part because the way that it was created was by somebody who was just releasing the story when he got around to releasing it. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't purchased by Shonen Jump. It wasn't somebody's job. It was their hobby. Mm-hmm. And so the story has had massive hiatuses and is incomplete. Yeah. And I believe the anime covers what has been released um, with maybe a little bit extra out there. And essentially it is sort of like them. It's like the end of a season of my hero academia where they're like, well, we got to end now or we're going to get too caught up to, and we have to like let the manga advance. I have concerns about this show because, because it's a show that was created by somebody who made it for fun. Uh, Similar to tower of God, which I thought was very, very good. And I so far have not seen any news on a second season and that show ends on a big, big cliffhanger mm-hmm. and I want more, but because the they're pulling these series from less traditional areas. Um, so instead of having that like weekly Shonen jump or the, you know, those monthly magazines, you're getting somebody that is just making it for fun. That's making it for free. That's making it when they can find the time to make it. And so you have maybe multiple years of content that only amount to like two manga volumes because Mm -hmm. that's just all they've been able to get around to. I think this is one of those scenarios. So I think this show, based on the first three episodes that I watched, I think this show is very good. I think that it is a gorgeous, gorgeous thing to look at. And I think that the action is exciting. It has really dope shonen moments. It has actually fun comedy. The character's interesting. There are multiple vectors of intrigue. This has so much in it that I am into. And I am really, really enjoying what I saw. And it made me really want to watch more of it. But I do believe, based on what I saw, that the show ends. Probably with a cliffhanger or maybe with just no resolution. And... I am worried that because this creator is a hobbyist that we may not get enough content out of them to have a second season next year or in two years. Like this might be the kind of thing that by the time there's enough content for a second season, the wind has gone out of the sails and it never comes. Mm -hmm. So I think that this based off of those first three episodes, I think this was a more than good enough experience to enjoy on its own merits but if, like Spencer, you will be deeply frustrated by having no ending, I have concerns based on the real world story around this that you might never get it. Um, I would also note there is a very uncomfortable and unexpected scene of sexual violence at the end of the first episode. Um, I think that you can skip that. And not miss anything. It is alluded to in the second episode in a way that you know what happened without seeing some of the visuals that they put in at the end of the first episode. I found it distasteful in a way that worked for me. It makes you really uncomfortable in a way that is sort of stomach curdling and seems to be what the show is going for. It doesn't seem to go all the way to like a goblin slayer where it seems to be like taking pleasure in this terrible thing. 
Um, I, but I read a lot of comments from people online that were really upset and disappointed with it. And having watched the two episodes that come after it, once the scene shifts to the church, if you are not comfortable with that sexual violence, I think you can skip to the next episode at that point and you will have missed nothing. Uh, but if you are able to skip that and be okay, or if you are not going to be bothered by that scene, then I think this one is a big recommendation from me. If you are going to be bothered by that, obviously take care of yourself. Don't go into this. There are other options out there. And uh, I would agree with Spencer, unless you are a big Yu-Gi-Oh fan, big Yu-Gi-Oh completionist, or are just really, really, really craving some Yu-Gi-Oh energy after all this time, and this is what you can get your hands on, I would say Yu-Gi-Oh GX is a niche interest and is not to be enjoyed by most people. Yep. Uh, And uh, stick with us after these credits and we'll give you another important life lesson. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of the Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. We'll see you next week, and until then... Look, fucking read the cards if you want to play the game. I swear to God, all (laughs) of these people inside of this, they come in there and they're just like, oh, I'm just going to play this trap card, and I swear to God, there were a couple of times inside of the manga where they were just like, I hope this trap card does something good, and I was just like, you played it! It's in your deck! Yeah, That you play with, like, in multiple tournaments! You're supposed to be the best duelist and you can't fucking read the card. I swear to God, these people, you guys.